Well, it sure is good to see some familiar faces out there today. It's been a great morning already. Um, I would do my best to keep my emotions together today. Uh, but uh, what a great way and a great day to come back uh, in live services. And I want to welcome all those that are watching online, too. We're grateful that you're tuned in, too. And we have those of you who are in other auditoriums in our building. Uh, welcome to you this morning, too. But how appropriate to come back on Mother's Day. What a great way that we can honor our moms. All of us have been impacted by our moms. And truly, moms are the heroes of the quarantine time. Can I get an amen? (laughs) No, no, no. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Uh, Praise God for the way that you've adapted. You've become tech directors and e-learning experts and You've had children, some of you tugging at the strings. You've had college students come home that you weren't expecting to be home. You're cooking and feeding, and your cupboards are bare, but you're still here. Praise God for moms, huh? Praise God. There is a beautiful picture of mom and a grandmom that invested in a man's life in the Bible. And because of the input of a grandmother and a mother, this young man goes on to be a faithful, faithful follower of Christ, even a preacher for God. Grab your Bibles and turn to First um, Timothy chapter one. First Timothy chapter one, and we're going to read uh, verses one through seven. First uh, Timothy chapter one, and we're going to read verses. Actually, we're going to get this right. Second Timothy chapter one. We're going to read verses three through seven. Uh, So turn there and ask you to stand together as we read God's word out loud in all the auditoriums. And if you're watching at home, encourage you to throw off your your blanket and sit down your coffee and join us. And ask everyone to stand as we read God's word together. 2 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 7. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which was lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. You may have a seat. Let me begin by saying this truth to moms all across the world and even here today in our auditoriums and online. Moms' impact in the home carries over to the heart of their children. How many of you would say that? That's true. How many of you have been impacted by a mom who has impacted your heart and the fabric of her life pouring into you now lives in you and you are who you are today because of your mom and your life. Every one of us have been shaped by our moms, seriously, our, our children, my children, our children, Ann and I, Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah, have the fabric of Ann in them stamped on their hearts, and they are better because of that. Paul's first appeal to Timothy, he's telling Timothy, young Timothy, who's longing to be a preacher, a pastor, he says, remember that your spiritual heritage goes back at least two generations through your grandmother Lois and your mom Eunice, and it's passed on to you. And he's reminding Timothy, who is this up-and-coming follower of Christ and preacher, he said, you have what it takes because inside of you is not only Jesus and the living God, but it's this generation of faithfulness, godliness, and prayers that have been passed to you and through you from your grandma and from your mama. And because of that, 
you have what it takes to stand today when others aren't willing to stand. So he's saying, live up to your great heritage. We all have a heritage, a family tree. We all have spiritual history. And whether it's good or bad, we are Christians because someone influenced us to come to Christ. No one comes to Jesus completely on their own. We all have others who make their mark on us and help us come to a place where we trust in Jesus Christ. We will be blessed and strengthened as we remember, Paul saying to Timothy, remember, you have what it takes. And he's trying to put steel in his chest and saying, even when they oppose you, remember, you had a praying grandma, you had a praying mama, and they made it and you can make it too. You see, sometimes, moms, you wonder if your time spent on your knees is making a difference for your children and your grandchildren. The truth is this, your faith is more caught than taught. And the prayers of a mama and a grandmom have no expiration date to them. I'll just personally say this. I am the man I am today because of a praying mom. Seriously, I cannot imagine where I might be had not mama been praying for me. And I'm grateful for my praying mom. And just like Paul was looking at young Timothy, I look at you today out there and those who are watching in other auditoriums and online, hear me out. Listen, if there was a praying mom behind you, you are better because of that. And the prayers that were offered on your behalf are still in heaven and they're still making a difference in your life. Can I get an amen to that today? Moms, never underestimate, never underestimate your influence and consistency in the home. You bring such peace and stability to your children's lives. I know this to be true, too, and many of you would agree. A mother's hug lasts long after she lets go. Amen? How many of you have received a hug, and it's like you've been at the lowest point, and maybe you, you've been at the bottom, and you've been crying, and mom walked in the room, or, or mom came along and gave you a hug, and it's like the hug didn't leave you after she left. How many of you have gone back and say, oh, I remember that, and, and there's been moments where that just you've had this. How many of you just have embraced those moments, those tender touches, and it's what keeps you going. Paul is reminding Timothy here that he has what it takes because the same Jesus that lived in his mom and grandmother lives in him and he has no reason to fear. Mom, let me just say this. Never stop believing that God can help your children turn the corner in their walks with God. Some of you have adult children and some of you have teenage children and you're wondering, some of you have new teenage children and you're wondering how can we make it or maybe they've, they've, they haven't turned or walked a path that you're hopeful for. Know this, God loves your children more than you do and he's not finished with them. And there will be a day because he'll finish the work that he started in them and when they know Christ that they'll turn the corner, just keep adding to the prayer bowls in heaven. God is not finished with them and your impact carries over to the heart of your children. Let me say this to moms today. This is one most moms need to hear. You are not invisible. God sees you. <laughs> you ever feel that way, mom? Like, does anyone see what I do? <laughs> they know that every day I get up and I cook and I do this. They realize that I've folded four million socks in their lifetime. Doesn't anyone know that I'm pulling the laundry out and no one's there and you're the only one there by the, by the dryer and you wonder, does anyone see me? All they, want, all they do is come to you and want to say, where's the messy sock? You ever feel invisible, moms? 
how many moms in, in this listening area say, there have been times I feel invisible. Moms, would you say you ever feel invisible? Day after day, you go about the routines of your home and you wonder, does anyone notice me and what I have done? You see, we all were once children, those of us who are adults. And we liked to be watched, didn't we? And I bet you said to your mom, hey, mom, watch this. Look what I can do. Look at me. And your mothers looked every single time. No matter what you were doing or how goofy it was or how horrible it was, they always looked at you and said, great job. We all know what it's like as a child wanting to be seen by our moms. Many moms wonder if she's ever seen. Because there comes a point as a mom where you begin to think that you are invisible. I want to flesh this out because I believe this is very true. And I have sat in counseling situations with a lot of people, and I know this to be true. Nicole Johnson, who has written on this topic in one of her books, I believe says this better than I could say it. And she so eloquently writes about invisible moms. And I believe she speaks to the fabric of the heart of every mom. And I just want you moms to listen closely. And not just moms, but every child or husband in this room. Just listen what she says. She said this in her writing. Nobody, I would walk into a room and no one would notice. I would say something to my family like, turn the TV down, please. And nothing would happen. No one would get up or even make a move for the remote. I would stand there for a minute and then I would say again a little louder. Would someone turn the TV down? Nothing. That's when I started putting all the pieces together, Nicole writes. I don't think anyone can see me. I am invisible. It all began to make sense. The blank stares, the lack of response, the way one of the kids will walk into the room while I'm on the phone and ask to be taken to the store. Inside, I think, can't you see that I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking or sweeping the floor or even standing on my head in the corner. No one can see me because I'm the invisible mom. Some days I'm only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Some days I'm merely a clock to ask, what time is it? I'm a satellite guide to answer, what number is the Disney channel? Some days I'm a crystal ball. Where's my other sock? Where's my phone? What's for dinner? Hands, a clock, a crystal ball, but always invisible. One night, some girlfriend and I were having dinner, celebrating the return of a friend from England, Nicole writes. She had just gotten back from a fabulous trip and was telling wonderful stories. I sat there looking around at the others, all so well put together, so visible and so vibrant. It was hard not to compare and feel sorry for myself. I was feeling pretty pathetic when my friend turned to me with a beautifully wrapped package and said, I bought this for you. It was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. I wasn't exactly sure why she had given it to me until I read her inscription. 
with admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I read, no, I devoured the book. And I discovered what would become for me four life-changing principles. Number one, no one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of their names. Number two, these builders gave their whole lives for a work they would never see finished. Number three, they made great sacrifices and expected no credit. Number four, the passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. In the book, there was a legend of a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built. He saw a worker carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. He was puzzled and asked the man, why are you spending so much time carving that bird into a beam that will be covered by the roof? No one will ever see it. And the worker replied, because God sees. After reading that, I closed the book, feeling the missing piece fall into place. It was almost as if I heard God whispering to me, I see you. I see the sacrifices you make every day, even when no one around you does. No act of kindness you've done, no sequin you've sewn on, no cupcake you've baked, no last minute errand too small for me to notice and smile over. You are building a great cathedral. But you can't see it right now, what it will become, but I see. When I chose to view myself as a great builder instead of an invisible mom, I keep the right perspective. When I really think about it, I don't want my son to tell the friends he's bringing home from college for Thanksgiving. My mom gets up at four in the morning and bakes homemade pies. And then she hand-bastes a turkey for three hours and presses all the linens for the table. That would mean I've built a monument to myself. But I don't want that. I just want him to want to come home with a friend and share a wonderful meal as a family. The author of this book went so far as to say that no cathedrals could ever be built in our lifetime because there are few people willing to sacrifice to that degree. And Nicole Johnson said, I disagree. As mothers, you are building, we are building, she says, great cathedrals. We cannot be seen if we're doing it right. Which is why we may feel invisible some days, but one day, it is very possible that the world will marvel not only at what we have built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world by the sacrifices of invisible mothers. Can I get an amen? You see, mothers, here's what you're able to do. Mothers can look through a child's eyes and see tomorrow. You see, you can look in your child's eyes and know that God's not finished yet. 
It's all those tears that you've cried in the kitchen. It's all those tears that you cried by the washer and dryer. It's all the tears that you've been by the bedside begging and asking that somehow God would work in your children's lives. It's all those sacrificial things that you've done for your child. This cathedral has been built, and the truth is you might not ever see it finished, but God sees you. You see, when we have a God that sees you, then it's important for you to remember that you're not building a monument for yourself. You're building a cathedral for God to use for his good in our world. And you are making a profound difference in the world. The good news is this, moms. We have a God who sees and notices you. There is a passage in Scripture that is so applicable to this text that I want you to turn there. Genesis chapter 16 and verses 13 to 15. First book of the Bible, Genesis 16, verses 13 to 15. And I'll give you a little context here because it's very important. Abraham and Sarah had God come to them and tell them that they were going to give birth to a child, to a son, And this son would bless the nations. And through this generation to come, there would be blessing after blessing. Now, they were barren. They didn't have any children. And so this promise came from God. And so they went for months and years without able to have a child. And so you know what they did? They did what most of us want to do, take it back from God and put it in our hands. And so Sarah and Abraham contrived a way to have a child that they would take a maidservant named Hagar, And then Abraham would sleep with Hagar and his wife agreed to it. And then they would have a child. And then the promise from God would come and they would have a child that was born. And then the nations would be blessed. Hagar gets pregnant as the maidservant, but she's in total distress. And she doesn't know what to do with what's happening. She begins to wonder, what's this right? Is this good? I don't know what's happening here. And the text says this in Genesis chapter 16 and verse 13. It says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who what? What's it say? Seize me. I have now seen the one who what? What's it say again? Seize me. That is why the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael. Hagar was the only person to name God this name. And And before we tell you what the name is, it just read and what it means, let me give you a a little understanding of her name. Hagar embodies her name. Her name means flight or she flees. She is fleeing here. She is taking a flight away. And so she's lonely. She's in distress. And then all of a sudden she realizes that God sees her. God visits her. And in the wilderness, hopeless, Hagar encounters the angel of the Lord and he encourages her, gives her direction. And at the end of her conversation here in Genesis 16, she gives God a name, El Roy in Hebrew. And the word El Roy means the God 
who sees. Hagar is the only person in Scripture to name God the God who sees. It's this characteristic of God that helps you, Mom, and helps us. He is all-seeing. Now think about this, that each mom who works and plays and parents must understand and believe this. Hear me out. When you struggle to maintain a healthy work schedule despite numerous pressures, God sees you. When you attempt to potty train your three-year-old for the umpteenth time, having given up on M&Ms and begging in tears, God sees you. When you feel like Hagar, you want to flee or flight, tempted to flee your own circumstances, God sees you. When you do the right thing, though no one and anyone sees it, God sees you. God is El Roy for you. You see, there's no place God can't see. There is no situation he cannot be puzzled by. He cannot even discern. He sees all. Scripture attests to this beautifully. And when you wonder if it's worth it, just stop and say, this child (laughs) that's driving me nuts right now will one day become a cathedral built with my prayers and my time and my hands. And even if they never see all that I do for them, God sees me. Amen? You see, you have a God that sees you. We also need to remind women in general, and even moms today, in the midst of this whole motherhood process, sometimes you don't feel so beautiful. All you feel like is that you're taking care of your children and running here and running there and working and doing double dip in a couple places. And, and in Psalm 45, 11, it says, the God whom you love and serve is enthralled with your beauty. Listen, it says, daughters of the king. That's you women, moms. Your God is enthralled with your beauty. And the same God that's enthralled with your beauty sees you. Even if you feel invisible. Moms, the struggle for significance can rob you of real joy and contentment until you realize that you are deeply loved and valued in God's eyes and that you are a daughter of the king and he's enthralled with you and your beauty and he sees you. Amen? You don't need to be noticed by anyone else because, listen to me, the King of kings and Lord of lords calls you his daughter and he is enthralled with your beauty. That's who you are. It doesn't matter what the world says. God sees you and he knows you and he loves you and he'll never depart you and he'll never forsake you and he will always be with you. Amen? You see, when contentment is fleeting, moms, and control surfaces in an unhealthy way for moms, it often leads to anxiety and worry. 
And often those very root issues of anxiety and worry is you feel like you've lost control. You want control. And it's hard to release yourself of that. And when your world is spinning out of the control, you begin to worry and anxiety wants to overwhelm you because what you thought you can control, you really can't control. But hear me out. God finishes what he starts in your child. So here are the thoughts that begin to happen when you feel like you've lost control. And here's what happens to moms and women. Hear me out, moms. Don't let this happen. Ladies, don't let this happen. Here's the thoughts. If I don't take control now and earn an income, I will not be able to fend for myself when he is gone. Or I am not getting recognized for all that I do behind the scenes and I deserve more. Or I better run a controlling environment so I get what I want because otherwise it will not go good for them or for me. Or when the kids are out of the house, he will find someone else younger and leave me. So I better do whatever it takes to set me up and not build us, but build me up. Or God must not love me because this life is too hard and that person has so much more and I want what they have and well, surely that will make me happy and content if I can just be like her. Or if you're not resting in your identity in Jesus Christ alone, you will look for your identity in your children. You ever see that happen? You begin to vicariously live through your kids and their accomplishments and their achievements. And it's like, wow, look at, look at this. No, no, look at me. Let me just say this, moms and ladies today. Jesus is enough. And God sees you. He is El Roy. He loves you. And he will never leave nor forsake you. And you will never walk alone. And you are building a great cathedral in your child. And listen, you might not see the finished product one day because you might pass before they do, but God will finish what he started in them. Moms, let me say this today also, because this is a significant part, because I'm convinced this is where the enemy loves to attack. You see, you are irreplaceable. You have an irreplaceable role, and Satan wants to destroy it. You see, only you can be mom. No one else can be mom but you. And so if the enemy can chip away at your identity, if the enemy can chip away at your pride, if the enemy can, or humbleness, if the enemy can chip away and get you looking in the wrong direction and trying to build a monument for yourself instead of pouring into your child so that they can love God, and if you feel like you need attention and you don't think that God sees you, if he can feed you lies, then he disrupts the whole family unit. Look at 1 Peter 2.9. You need to be reminded of this today. And not only do you, every single human being that knows Jesus Christ needs reminded of this. But turn to 1 Peter 2.9. Let's just see what Peter said in regards to who you are, moms. 
And moms, I'll put in the word mom today because sometimes you're always thinking about others and you're, you're more concerned about your children and you're more concerned about your husband and you're more concerned about others in the workplace. And instead of just saying, okay, what do I know to be true about me as a mom? Because if you don't know this, then the enemy will disrupt, the enemy will divide and the enemy will take a foothold in your heart and you will forget who you are. And look what Peter said in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. He said, you, mom, are a chosen people. You, mom, are a royal priesthood. You, mom, are a holy nation. You, mom, are God's special what? What's it say? Come on, help me out, left side. You got your Bibles. God's special what? Possession. That you may declare the praises of him who what? What's it say? Called you out of what? Darkness into what? Wonderful light. You know what the word special means in the original? Think about this. This is who you are, mom. You are better possession. You are a greater possession. You are an exclusive possession. You are a distinguished possession of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? That's who you are in Christ. You see, you are God's very own possession and an instrument that he uses to do his work. Let me just say this. Moms, sometimes this gets only thrown to men. You are God's special forces. Woo, huh? That's who you are. You're part of his special forces to do. You're an instrument in his hands to do whatever only mom can do to build character, integrity, love, and godliness into your children and not draw attention to yourself because God sees you. But one day, One day, all those prayers that you're still laboring, or maybe even now for grandchildren and children, you're one God, will they ever remember what we poured in them? He promises to finish what he started in them. That's the promise you have, moms. Think about that for a minute, moms. God has taken ownership and space and control of your heart and life and the God of the universe says you're my better you're my greater you're my exclusive you're my distinguished possession hey world take a look at her and every day you you are his he goes to his refrigerator and your pictures on the front door of his refrigerator filled with fish and seven up in heaven. <laughs> That's who you are, moms. And you know what is good? He will equip you and help you to accomplish your mission as a mom in building cathedrals here on earth called children. You see, God is a finisher. Isn't that what Philippians 1, 6 says? He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And why is that good? Why is that good for you to hear today? Now listen, here's why it's good to hear. 
When you feel weak, he is strong for you. When you feel broken, battered, and bruised, he is the doctor and great physician for you. When you wonder about the well-being of your kids, he will finish what he began in them. But here's what I know. This is why this is important. This is where the enemy comes in. Hear me, moms. You got to get this one. Demons smell a woman's brokenness like sharks smell blood in the water. And they move to take the advantage of a weakened soul. But listen to me. Can I give you a picture? Like the next time you feel weak, it'll probably be tonight or tomorrow morning or maybe three times tonight. I don't know. But the next time that weakness and weariness comes over you, and you wonder if you can make it. Just, just go to the Old Testament. It's one of my favorite passages, and it describes God this way. Not only is he a God who sees, but it says, my God is a battle axe. Come on, come on. Can, can you see that? Your God that loves you, that distinguishes you, that says you're his better, greater, exclusive, distinguished possession, that promises to, to finish what he started in you and your children. He is a battle axe. And so when the enemy comes, he just says, well, watch this. Bam. That's who your God is. And maybe you're on your knees and say, bring the ax, God, bring the ax. So when you struggle with contentment, every season of life for a woman gives way to her saying, I wish we were farther along. I wish I had. I wish he was. I wish I wasn't still having to battle like this. I wish I didn't have the extra baby weight. I wish my husband was like. I wish I would have taken more time to talk to the kids about Jesus. I wish I would have read the Bible more to them. And when that comes, hear me out. God sees you. God loves you. And God will finish what was begun in their hearts for you. Come on, moms, hang on to those truths. You're not in it alone. And that's what Paul was looking at Timothy and saying, Timothy, you know why you're the person you are today? It's because you had a praying grandma. You had a faithful grandma named Lois. And you know why else? Because your mom, Eunice, it doesn't even say anything about his dad. It's just picture of, faithfulness passed down through the mom and he says there will come times when timothy when you wonder can you make it and remember you got the lifeline and the dna of jesus christ in you plus you got some praying moms behind you you say the battle is real for you moms but it's worth it you are the real heroes in our world no one I'll speak this personally. No one can ever replace my mom. And no one can ever replace your mom. So I encourage all you out there, take time to honor your moms this weekend. And you might say, I don't even know how that's possible. How can I honor a mom? If God says to honor your mother and your father, it is possible to honor them. You have come through a very difficult season of lockdown. 
But God is a finishing God. Amen. And he will work all things out for good to those that love him. Amen. I recognize that today is a hard day for many women in this room. And to be quite frank, it's the hardest message that a pastor has to preach, Mother's Day. And I realize that some of you stayed home today because it's Mother's Day. I acknowledge that and I'm sorry and I grieve with you. But can I close with some truths today that maybe encourage your hearts before we wrap this message up? Hang on to these truths today, women. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it really is. To those who are foster moms and mentor moms and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experience abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tasks and medical tests and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and we rejoice with you. To those who place their children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness. And remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and even surprising, we anticipate with you. In this Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. We love you. And we thank God for you. And God, I pray whatever category one finds themselves in. Help us to remember, God, that you're El Roy. You're the God who sees. And not only the God who sees, 
but the God who will never leave us nor forsake us. And you're the God who's a finishing God. And God, we claim those promises this morning. And we thank God for our moms. And we are better because of them. So, Lord, I pray for moms everywhere, for some that are in lockdown and children aren't able even to get to them, that you would close the gap, help them to remember a hug, and that you would be close, God, please. Thank you, God, for the real heroes in our world, the special force mamas. In Jesus' name, amen.